Hello everyone. Before we start today's podcast, some exciting news for you. You can experience the Inside Politics podcast live in Dublin on May 16th when Hugh Linehan, Jennifer Bray and I will be joined by Cliff Young of Ipsos, one of America's top pollsters, to talk about the US election, our own local and European elections and much more. It's a breakfast event kicking off at 8am in Trinity College. If you'd like to attend, you can get tickets at irishtimes.com forward slash events. That's irishtimes.com forward slash events. I hope we see lots of you there. These two parties, Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael, have had their chance. And they've blown it. Oh, come, nobody ever reads manifestos during the election, Sean, you know that. They've taken our policies. Such a collection of chancers and charlatans. It can't be like, here, vote for me, bye. Yeah, I should be the Taoiseach now, This is Election Daily, the special series from the Inside Politics podcast team at the Irish Times. I'm Hugh Linehan. Every evening we keep you up to date with what's happening in the general election campaign. Now, before we start, I just want to take a moment to ask for a favour. We had a great reaction to our election coverage on this podcast over the last few weeks, but we would really like to get to know a bit more about you, our listeners, and what you want from us in the future. So if you have a couple of minutes, we would be really grateful if you'd go to irishtimes.com slash podcast survey and fill out that brief survey survey find there. It'd be really helpful to us. That's irishtimes.com slash podcast survey. Now, the two weary foot soldiers who have fought their way across no man's land to save the podcast this evening are Fia Kelly and Harry McGee. I hope you got the Oscars reference there, guys. Oh, yes, of course. Oh, yes. Yeah, yes, Parasite. Yes, you know. No, <laughs> 1917, of course. Because it is Oscars weekend. It is. It was BAFTAs on Monday. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, obviously that's where all my attention is going to be turned. Well, you, can tell film, me, you can tell me how the election Well, the first two films I'm going to look week. at actually after, after all of this happened is going to be 1917 and Parasite. Do you know what? To my eternal uh, <laughs> shame, I went to see 1917 the day before the Taoiseach called the election because I had a day off work. My phone was buzzing too much. I had to leave the cinema because I couldn't concentrate, you know, so I haven't had any breaks since then. Okay. So I'm looking forward to seeing it after. Well, I suppose to you know, bring things back to home to us, I mean, in general election 2020, who's going to be our Rennie Zellweger? Who's going to be our Saoirse Ronan uh, when the results come in on Sunday evening? We are actually going to talk in greater detail about that tomorrow, Harry. We're going to do some actual number crunching for those who like it. You know, yeah, with uh, Damien Cullen, who Indeed. is uh, coming down from the, the Eagle's Nest, otherwise known as uh, the, the Health Magazine. He spent last Sunday, I think, going through uh, the spreadsheets of different constituencies. And I was looking at his numbers today and they're surprisingly close to mine uh-huh. and I would have accused him of plagiarism except he did his figures before I did No I know he did because I, I saw his figures before I saw your figures so mm. it's all it's all legit and it's all above board but he has what you don't have which is bookies odds Oh is that what he was basing his on? No not necessarily so we'll save all that for tomorrow oh, okay. Let's move. Any straws in the wind today in terms of signs of panic signs of confidence signs of anything You were on a Fine Gael bus today I was Vic? on the Fine Gael bus to Carlo and you know one thing you do look at in the last week of a campaign is where the leaders go where they travel to if they're on the offensive or the defensive and being in Carlo uh, Leo Fracker Pascal Donoghue and Heather Humphreys today C- Carlo is this, one of those seats that may fall uh, on a bad day for Fine Gael uh, it's one it's in Carlo Kilkenny a five seater Pat Deering is the Carlo TD for Fine Gael under a bit of pressure and to me although the rapid press conference was done down there it looked like you know going down to help save Pat Deering if he's in trouble I understand from the canvas returns that Carlow Town is quite hostile territory. It's largely going towards Sinn Féin. It was thought before the Sinn Féin surge that Kathleen Function 
would be one of those people who would be at risk of losing her seat. People say she may even top the poll in Carroll Kilkenny now, but there are question marks over Pat Deering's seat. And Carroll Kilkenny is one of those constituencies where it's real. There's Carlo and there's Kilkenny. Yes. And Kilkenny's the bigger part. Yeah, like vote for the Carlo TD is, you know, the usual catch call down there, you know, and Fianna Fáil are running Jennifer Manane O'Connor to capitalise on that. Now, some people in Fine Gael are quite uh, confident that they're in with a shot of holding the two seats, they say, according to their canvas returns, that the level of the support they're getting is on par with what they got in 2016. Um, again, whether they park up, whether they get a good first preference vote and then the transfers just aren't there. But I think if you look at the Taoiseach going down there as sending a signal that maybe they believe that Pat Deering needs to be shored up, compare that, for example, to where Michal Martin has been in the last few days, Dublin rat down kind of an offensive move to see if they can take a seat off Shane Ross and get Shea, uh, Shea Brennan in there. But in saying that, you know, I've said this before, uh, and all we can do is relay what we're told. The view in Fine Gael is that the opinion polls do not reflect what they're getting on the ground. I don't think they really believe they have enough to outpoll Fianna Fáil now or catapult themselves beyond Fianna Fáil, but they don't think they're at 20%. It's not as bad as it seems. It's not as bad saying. as it seems. A couple of things, what they do is they point towards the couple of constituency level opinion polls we've had from TG Cahar and Ipsos MRBI which showed them increasing their vote share doing quite well actually in a couple of places in Galway West I think they performed quite well same in Kerry uh, by their standards the same in Donegal obviously Donegal is a bit of a different territory for mm-hmm. Fine Gael. Um, they also say that people are quite positive to them but again it's that situation are they misreading the electorate it's not anger as it was in 2014 and 2016 are they misreading polite indifference? Is that what it is? They just can't, they don't really know where they are. They don't think it's as bad as the opinion polls, but they don't but think... they could be completely wrong. They could they? be, yeah. and you have to tell yourselves that as you go around the canvas that this is going okay. There wasn't much sign of panic off them today. Tisha quite strong in his messaging again, saying, questioning this idea of change, saying, you know, we can bring in the change you want. What change do you want? Do you want change that can wreck the economy? Fianna Fáil, as he put it. His scriptwriters are coming up with, you know, funny lines along, new ones every day. Was yeah, like about Amadon economics Amadon today. economics was the Sinn Féin one today. You know, he had Venezuela, he had East Germany, he's had in the past, but this was Amadon economics. And he also said, do you want change that can threaten the foundations of the state, the guards and the courts? Obviously, he's talking about Sinn Féin as well. Yeah, so. I don't know about the Amadon economics. It's, it's a bit reminiscent of leprechaun economics, which was a phrase that I think Paul Krugman, the Nobel Prize winning economist, coined about Ireland's topsy-turvy uh, GNP numbers. Yeah, I kind of liked it, though. But it was anything that with Irish in it, I like. Yeah, I wasn't sure whether it was alliterative or onomatopoeic. Maybe it's both of them, but I actually like what I heard the phrase say. It was my favourite phrase of the day. Okay. So we give Finnegal a victory in relation to that one. But there's precious few other victories for the party at the moment. They're in a difficult place and they're trying desperately to turn around the uh, trajectory. And we're hearing kind of uh, the narrative coming from the other side that we heard Fine Gael saying back in 2011, even Fianna Fáil people saying, lend us your votes mm. uh, so that we can get past the line and stop uh, the Sinn Féin juggernaut pr- from going uh, anymore. And once you see, uh, I mean, Fianna Fáil, I, I, I did a talk before the campaign and Fianna Fáil themselves were saying that they had no hopes in Dublin Ratdown. Mm. They, they had five constituencies where they had no seats. And the only one that they harboured no real hopes for uh, was Dublin Ratdown. Mm. And suddenly in the and last change, week... Changed quite quickly. Usually Shane, Shane mm. Brennan has come into the frame out of nowhere. Mm. And suddenly Shane Ross and Fine Gael are saying that he now poses a threat. We can take it in Dublin Ratdown. Bookies have slashed the odds and Shane Brennan. He, does. There's a bit of money going behind him too. He, uh, absolutely. So he, he's into the frame. And we're also looking at a number of, of Fine Gael, um, constituencies where the numbers will fall down from 
three in Dunira down to one perhaps, uh, where the numbers will fall down from two to one. And even where the numbers, as as, as Fiuk was pointing out, and might even go down to zero. There are some constituency, besides Dublin Northwest, which was always a very difficult constituency for Fine Gael, but to be talking about Dublin Fingal, which would be disastrous for it. They're at, they're at each other's throats yeah. there as well. Like there was a, in Dublin Fingal, the, the, there was supposed to be a canvassing divide. So HQ instructed uh, earlier in the week that James Riley would not be allowed into Malahide and Port Marnock and uh, Alan Farr would not be allowed into, I think it was Rush and Bob Regan and Scaries and the rest of the constituency constituency would be shared that's been ignored James Riley is posting videos from Malahide today so discipline is breaking down across the organisation a leaflet drop from Regina Doherty today or the last few days with a line across Mead East saying below this line vote for me and a couple of the towns I think I'm told were actually in the agreed territory that was to go to Helen McEntee so discipline is just breaking down all over the place that's what happens in that's what situation. happens when you're yeah, under pressure yeah and they're, they're, they're in pressure in a lot of constituencies and the Taoiseach was on Virgin Media News a little bit earlier on talking about the local polls and they're very useful to have but you must remember the sample sizes are quite small and there's a, there's a, a relatively big margin of error it's 4% so uh, there, there's, there's a lot of scope either side of a, of a percentage. Brendan Griffin is a little bit like Michael Ring. He's a kind of a, 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 a very settled phenomenon in Kerry. He's got a very high profile. And if you look at the 2016 election, what was noteworthy about Brendan Griffin was he's a very attractive uh, candidate in terms of taking in transfers from people who have no association with Fine Gael. And you could say the same uh, about Joe McHugh and Donegal. Joe McHugh is as much a kind of a personality vote as, as anyone else. They're, they're, they're one seat. In Galway West, the party hasn't done, done no. well and may be in difficulty of losing one of its two seats. So I wouldn't use them as a sign and there that are, there's a latent Fine okay, vote. But there is... Fine Gael are also under pressure in some constituencies as well. Sligo Leitrim, yeah. they have two... There's a view that Eamon Scanlon could be under pressure there because Marion Harkin has come in. Fine, local Fine Gaelers who a week or so ago, a week and a half ago, we're not as confident, they're now more confident that they'll take a seat. I was chatting to people down in Roscommon, three-seat constituency at the moment has one Fianna Fáil or two independents, Dennis Nocton and Michael Fitzmaurice. People think that there's a real possibility that Fianna Fáil could lose their seat to Sinn Féin. Now, it probably will not happen, but if there's a dynamic change in that constituency, the Fine Gael candidate is quite new, not expected to make an impact. But someone said that there is, if there's a shock, watch out for that could be another constituency that returns no okay. Fine Gael or Fianna Fáil okay. to do. Okay, I don't know if our listeners can hear it, but the sound in the background is the sound of the metabolic rate of political correspondence starting to speed up as the final election yeah. day approaches and the excitement of all these head-to-heads rolls out across the country at the dirty tricks ramp up. I want to ask you, Harry, about, about something else. But first, I just want to say one thing to the listeners uh, also, which is uh, I'm sorry if, if you missed our live event for the... Irish Times subscribers in Trinity College last night. You were both weren't there. It was very disappointed. No, we were we'll really very disappointed. We'll definitely have you along for the, I was, for, I was for the next one. I my keyboard one. trying to keep myself awake to yeah. file a lead story for this morning. Though. We did have a great time and listeners can hear some of it on the podcast which we pushed out earlier today. And that is just one of the many benefits that you can get from subscribing to the Irish Times along with access to all our quality reports and analysis and features including Donald Clark's Oscars coverage this weekend. So just go to irishtimes.com slash subscribe and get your first month for just one euro. The Greens have been strangely low key. They had their final um, yeah, press conference today. They'll they'll kind of they'll they'll make gains and they'll make considerable gains, but it'll still be a bit of a disappointment. And uh, it looked like climate change was going to be the big issue during the local and European elections, but somehow it has got marginalised during this campaign. It's been kind of uh, jostled aside. Do the um, Greens bear any blame for that themselves? They, they do, but we we we'll go we we'll just look at the context first. It's been the housing, health. We had crime in the first week, the Drogheda thing. We had the poor man. 
who got suffered terrible injuries uh, uh, when they tried to remove his tent along the banks of the canal. And then the second week, it's, a lot of it has been about the, the whole uh, Sinn Féin juggernaut and uh, the Paul Quinn thing has become very important. So there, there have been these immediate issues. And in a way, climate change is a little bit like people who are in their 20s and 30s thinking about their pension. They know they have to do it. They know they're going to have to face it or else they're going to have an uncertain future. But they do tend to long finger it because they know it's not immediate. But when you look at it, the Green Party themselves have been not, in my view, have not been as coherent as they should be in relation to the message. Um, I, I think Eamon Ryan has been very sincere in terms of his media interviews, but he's trying to field too many concepts, trying to talk about too many things. And somehow the message, the simple message uh, about climate change, which is a relatively simple one that we need to adapt now or else we're going to pay the consequences, has got lost somewhere along the line. And they could have taken messages from the youth climate uh, strikes or even from Extinction Rebellion, uh, um, um, softening the voice. They haven't been helped by Sir McHugh either and others who've, who've said they were against carbon taxes and have come out with lines which are co- contrary to uh, the Green Party policy. Having said that, they'll make gains. But I think overall they could have made more and they could have had a more succinct message. One last point from you, Fiat. I'm just going to read a text someone sent me today actually on the issue of degrees. Someone said, you know, summed up the election thusly. Obviously, we don't endorse the, this text, you know. Fine Gael have no heart. Fianna Fáil have no remorse. Labour is racked by guilt and the Greens thought Greta was going to win it for them. That was the summation of the election, which is the cause, you know. I think, I think probably the Green Party are the only people whose members use the word thusly as well, you know, so that's, uh, <laughs> that, that, that's something to... Um, listen, we're going to leave it there, but just to say, some media organisations have a moratorium tomorrow. It's the last day before election. We don't actually do a moratorium here in this podcast. We want to be having interesting conversations about the sort of number crunching that you could hear our correspondents be excited about here as well as we will also be back with our regular daily podcast too but that is it for today's podcast thanks to Fiek and to Harry for coming in thanks also to our producer Suzanne Brennan and to JJ Vernon on the desk remember you can find us on all the usual podcast platforms including Apple Acast Spotify or whatever you're having yourself and you can get us at irishtimes.com slash podcast you can mail us at politicspodcast at irishtimes.com or you can find most of us on Twitter we'll be back very soon indeed talk to you tomorrow